This podcast may contain questionable language, will contain spoilers, and will be joined by a mythical creature. and welcome to episode 160 of Movie Drone. I'm waiting to hear some boring stories about wood whittling in a tent in a tree, Steve. I've lived in a tree, Mark. <laughs> lived in a tree, mate. I mean, <laughs> fucking great it I was. I don't think you've lived in it. I lived in a tree. Squatted. I lived in a tree. Right, okay. Fucking amazing. Well, go on then. Give me the story. There's not a lot to tell, mate. I lived in a tree, I drank a lot of tea, right. and I read a book. <laughs> That's all we did. Didn't see a soul. Right. Didn't see a fucking soul. Right. Went out of the pub for like a dinner one night. So you saw a soul. Yeah. Apart from when, but in our wood, it's our wood. Don't come into our wood. Right. Like oh, our wood. It's someone's back garden. It was like it was in airsoft again. Like I was guarding my little perimeter. Do you want me to put something up in a tree in my garden? You can sit up there. No, I might think she'll end up getting me to mow the lawn or something. No, no, no. You can fucking stay up there. I yeah. coming down. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was amazing, mate. Book to go back and everything already. <laughs> Have you? Yeah, New Year's Eve. <laughs> Have you really? Yeah, going there, New Year's Eve. So gonna... what do they do different New Year's Eve? Nothing. Like indoor fireworks. Oh, we don't have to do one of these parties where someone goes, come around, like stuff. We can just go, sorry, we're away. Right. Neither of us have ever been away for New Year's Eve. Right. So we said, fuck it. Shall we just go and do it? So we're going away for New Year's Eve. Okay, but there's nothing special that happens in the tent in a tree. Well, I suppose, yeah, it goes from 2021 to 2022. <laughs> right. But yeah, just never been away. We haven't got the kids this New Year's Eve, so we was like, let's actually go and do something. Okay. So, Good for you, mate. Thanks. That's you know, right. not all of us want to be in bed by nine o'clock with a cup of tea, mate. <laughs> not yet, you don't. Go in. Oh, for fucking fireworks, <laughs> celebrating New Year's Eve. Keep me up. Well, probably because yeah. I have to work the next fucking day. Oh, bless you. Yeah. Um, so, no wood whittling? I, I whittled a bit. I tried to light a fire. You don't know what you're doing with wood whittling, do you? I bet it's shit, innit? I, Did you get anything? I'll be honest, mate. It's shit, innit? No, I'll be honest. I've we got one of my knives and just ended up with the bluntest knife. Ain't he fucking got one you can borrow, mate? Go and knock up it's your ass. It's filming, mate, isn't it? Well, fucking just... Did uh, say... Didn't, didn't leave you no knives. Cass left a lead, charging lead at home. Um, so I was like, oh, you ain't got a lead off borrow. She was like, you just go up to the house, go through. I've had to pop out. Just go up to the house, go through the back well, door. So what do you want to charge her for? I thought you was like living in a tent in a tree. I never turned like, away from... She's got... we got kids. Right. So you have to like be available just in case like one breaks her leg or something. Well, I mean, do you? Apparently. Right. Apparently it comes with responsible parenting. I'm oh, learning okay. all these new things. Um, apparently you have to be available. Mine went off in the bag, mate. Right. Never had a peep. Just read a book. Okay. It was an amazing book okay. it was. Not gonna, Lost me now. I did feel a bit like a hamster, because if you uh, went for a poo, you had to cover it up with uh, sawdust. <laughs> So, and it smelled like a hamster's cage. What's the story? You had to poo in the in the tent. Thing. No, it, it's a separate toilet block. So you have got this little. It's like a normal. Looks like a normal toilet, right. but it's a composty one. So it's basically right. got like a poo bag on the bottom of it. Oh, I see. You're not you have to, to put, me, mate. have to put some sawdust in it. But it smells like a hamster's cage. Right, make sure you don't have too much to drink, New Year's, because it's, <laughs> uh, it's not so good the next day, is it? Uh, I, I mean, I would be quite happy digging old mate. Right. Spraying it up a okay, tree. That's enough. That's yeah. enough. Um, but yeah, got back. And then we had a day off with the kids and we went lasering. <laughs> like, 
It's like nothing. Like laser tag, yeah, 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 yeah. Laser shooting, not like lasering. And smashed it, mate. Then I beat them, beat them all, like double points. Yeah, but you're like my airsoft <laughs> sort of skills come through, mate. And the woman was like, "Oh, that was nice and close." Apart from you, like I had like seventeen thousand, I had like eight. Oh, what's the point of them turning so, up? <laughs> so you're really chuffed that you beat two kids. And the missus, yeah. I mean, at Laser Quest. Yep. It's got nothing to do with your airsoft training. Yep. It's the fact you're an adult. Yes, and I feel like <laughs> an adult after a day of running around there. Trust me, mate. And then I went bowling. Saw Adam. Said hello to Adam. Okay. Um, he wants to come on very soon because he said he feels a need to defend Suicide Squad. Right. Then launched into a tirade about why it's so good and how they've done all this referencing. Right. And I said, you better come on and tell some other people because <laughs> over my head. But he's very passionate. It was a good film. Okay. Very passionate. Right. So I'm sure he's right. I'm sure he's no, right. No, you're not. You, you, you have your own opinion, mate. Yeah, I don't that like it. Swayed. That's right. fine. But I'm yeah, sure yeah. he's right. It's a good film. Just not for me. Um, so he'll be on shortly. But as you know, mate, the bowling alley's got miles an hour, haven't they? So my inspiration was to... Inspiration? Is that the right word? It's not the right word. No. What's, what's, what's that word? What do you do at New Year's Eve? You make... Aspirations. Yeah, let's call it an aspiration. So I had an aspiration, right, to break the bowling. First bowl. I had to get a technician out to fix it. Why are you breaking shit? I, I, I just... Fucking have something nice in the fucking yeah, town. I didn't, you're I, I, shit. I didn't actually think I'd break it. They just, they just had to untwirl them. As soon as I saw that your post saying it was broken, I said to him, he's been a prick. He's tried to bowl it as fast as he can. He's broken. The they put thing. the miles an hour thing on there. It's out of my system now. <sighs> um, so they all twirled up. They got it sorted, though, and then I went on and won that as well. So, Oh, are you, what, are you going to kids? Eh? Going yeah. to kids. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, there thanks, mate. But I am sorry for breaking it. Um, I've got it out of my system now. Good. Yeah. Good. Well how, was, how was your... Week been then, mate. Come on, cheer us all up. Oh, it's just been, I've been busy, and I've been busy at work yeah. still. People yeah. are sick now. I went back. Oh. Yeah, less people than I fucking started with. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, went for cake yesterday. Oh, yeah. Nice, actually. I had yeah. a day off yesterday, so I took Jill for a bit of cake. On a Wednesday? Really nice. Yeah, it was nice. I went yeah. down the pub. Yeah. Had a cake and a really small coffee. Okay. But, uh, that was good. It was worth the gut ache that I had yeah. like, about 20 minutes afterwards. So that was good. Got a trophy through the post. First, first at part run? <laughs> no, you don't get tro- trophies for oh, part run. Um, I remember the run I weighed that I did. Yeah. yeah I came fifth, didn't I? Yeah. First veteran. <laughs> came through the post. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. You count as a veteran. I am counted as a veteran, yeah. Yeah. Well done, though, mate. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Thanks. I know you mean it. PB? No, it wasn't. It was oh, fucking keep, hilly and hot. That's all this thing horrible. I now had to talk about. People like PBs. But yeah, it's good. I've yeah. got a little trophy. Well oh, done. Put it on Facebook. That's good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like that. And uh, Leeds video. It's got lots of views, hasn't it? Uh-huh. There's a lot of people seen that. I'll, I'll be honest. Glad. Half of them are probably me. Yeah, I think Jill said that as well. So I think it might just be you and her. But anyway, looks like a lot, doesn't it? It's funny, isn't it? It is funny. It's yeah. the best yeah. thing I've I enjoyed ever that. Enjoyed putting that on there. Hopefully, I'll do some more. Yeah, yeah there you go. So. <laughs> but that's all I've done, really, mate. Oh. Not a lot. Got a trophy, though, mate. I have got a trophy. I didn't get a trophy this no, week. No, no, so. and you won all those things as oh, well. No. Oh, no, I should get a trophy. <laughs> I'll keep an eye on the post. <laughs> uh, okay, then, mate, after all that, do you have got any thanks? Yes, mate, I've got thanks to Lewis Rames, Spoiler Piece Theatre, St Paul's Filmcast, Collateral Cinema, Manic Pixie Weirdo Pod, Tim, Mike, Mike and Oscar, The Podcast I Wouldn't Die, Nerdrovert, Right Stuff Reviews, Ronnie Castle, Forza Crowd, WTM, Movies on the Way, Podcast HQ, 
What should we watch and beautiful? Lovely long list there of people that have done some beautiful retweets mm, for us. Thank so you. I've got people who have gone that extra mile on Twitter. So I've got Jill Cassie, VHS Strikes Back, Jamie Russell, Cinema Recall, Glyn, Sean Panda Nicholson, Emirate the Movies, Mr. Positivity, Wolfie T, Jamie Irwin, LJ Human, Ryan, The Light Sitting Ball, Movie Journey Podcast, Ben from Filmbusters. Apple Park Films, Chris Watt, Ian McIntyre, Miriam and Sharp Podcast. So mm, thank, thank you very you. much. Yeah, loads of lovely interactions this yeah. week. Not all on Lee's video, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> most of them. So, okay, mate, promo? Yes, mate. Hey there, I'm Eric. And I'm Brett, a.k.a. Mr. Positivity Wolfie T. We at WTM Watch This Movie talk about old movies, new movies, we do breakdowns, we do top five lists. We also rate movies that we've recently seen on our unique rating system. That's right. We're available on most podcast apps. You can check out our website at WTMWatchThisMovie.com. And you can check us out on Twitter at WatchThisMovie. We'll check you later. Yes, that's WTM, our friends from across the pond. Well, my friend, mate. You're in the <laughs> I know. I totally forgot to mention. So at the start of the uh, True Romance yeah. episode, as a part of their Tony Scott month, I got called out for, well, I mean, basically saying that they... Don't really give, uh, just do it whenever the fuck they want. And uh, I'm turning into the mark of the crew. Um, And I'm pretty sure they don't mean that that's, uh, that I'm now unfit and unkempt. I think that means I'm an arsehole. And I was just hoping it don't mean that I'm turning into a Steve. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so uh, I'm not, I'm not. Apparently they've been busy. Yeah. They've been busy, mate. You know what I mean? Getting married and stuff, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, for a while ago, yeah. Congratulations. Okay, so uh, they're doing Tony Scott Month, they're, Doing Top Gun again in November. Good lads. Good lads. Why, if you've seen Top Gun, why would you want to watch it again? Because it's a good on, film. Come t- on, t- why? It's a good film. It's not a good film. It is a good film. <laughs> if so you can get there, sit with your Ray-Bans oh. and uh, play along. It's great. <laughs> You're a Ray-Ban person, aren't you? Love like a Ray-Ban. Oh, yeah. Love a Ray-Ban. Okay. Or Oliver Peoples. Right. Okay. Yeah, mainly Ray-Ban. Yeah. I mean, it takes a salt, doesn't it? Yeah. There you go. Makes sense now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so please listen to our friends WTM. Watch this movie. I mean, you might need to go back a few weeks for an episode. But <laughs> they <laughs> might chuck one out tomorrow. Who knows? Keep your eyes out for a new one. Yeah. I got it, mate. Yes. Play theme tune. Welcome to the Mark reads some film lines in some similar voices, and Steve has to guess the film from the lines read to get points game. Hashtag, what's that film? And there we go. So I'll tell you what this reminds me of now. Do you remember Minder? Yeah. Write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. That goes through my head every time. It's actually Little Britain, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, I mean, about Minder. Yeah, yeah Little yeah. Britain about Minder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get you. I get you. You get me. But that's what, uh, me that's what it reminds right. me of. Yeah. yeah. So, mate, who got what and what was it? So we knew it was a bit niche, mate, but some people did get it. Yeah. So we got, it was a business. It was. Nick Love's film. Um, Sean's not seen it. So you oh. promised to watch it. Okay. Luke, human. Yeah. No, nothing, mate. None? None. Oh, blimey. Don't like the quiz anymore. Not a fan. <laughs> Jill got three. She did. Glyn got three. Okay. Emma, three and a half. Three and a half? How'd She's awarded herself three and a half. <laughs> she? Because she got it in between clues. Right, apparently. okay. I'll kick myself, mate. I should have yeah. got more than that. I like that film. Yeah. Got to watch film. it again. Good quality film. It is, yeah. Maybe it's impressions, as we say. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what no you doubt. got for us this week, mate? Yeah, oh, then, mate. Five points. What's the film? Does it sound like I'm ordering a pizza? God's sake. Oh, my. Does it sound like I'm ordering a pizza? I mean, you can keep saying it if you want. Impressions um, not there, but, you no, know. No, no. Never is. Um, I don't know. 
No? Four points then, mate. This won't be a good impression, but what's it feel? He won't be drawing on us for the rest of his life. <laughs> I know that one. Uh, I know. Uh... He won't be drawing on us for the rest of his life. Oh, you git. Fuck. You bastard. I do know that. Mm-hmm. So you should, young Stephen. Uh, I don't know. Three points then, mate. Yeah. What's that feel? Oh, you're in charge. Well, I got some bad news for you, Dwayne. From up here, it doesn't look like you're in charge of jack shit. Dwayne? Yep. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, it's thrown me off now. Oh, it's that this is one. what Google told me the quotes were. Was it? Yeah. I don't know. No? Two points in, mate. Yeah. What's that feel? Welcome to the party, pal. I, don't, I mean, I know it. You're going to hate it when I get to number one, mate. I'm sure. I'm really shit at this. Welcome to the party, pal. Why are you doing it again? I don't know. Is that like a different impression? Just in case. Just the same, yeah, just in case. Yeah, it's not helping. Not helping. No. no one on. point then, mate. Yeah. What's that film? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I know what it is now. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to say it. No. Because then I don't have to put the thing in. Well. You know what I mean? Not one I have to save because apparently it's not a seasonal film. Right, okay. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. I'm sure I'll probably listen back. I think I'm just tired, mate. Yeah, I'm sure you are, mate. I'm sure you are. It's not, I will defend you. It's not as easy as people like to think it is. No? Okay. There we go. So please let us know what you got, what you think it is. Do it all on uh, DM. Yeah. So as not to ruin it. Yes. All right then. Yes. Moving on. Yes. This is Mark's mail set. Okay, I'm a bit out of touch with it. I think I misthought that we only had one, didn't I? And we actually had more than that in. So I answered one and, you know, it's a complete balls up again. I was obviously. just checking what one you was going for, and he was like, we've only got one. I was like, what about the others? <laughs> oh, well. I mean, I only look at one. Just so, yeah, we, we have got them. We've taken a note of them all, so we will get through them all. We will, yeah. So thank you very much for sending them in. If you've got a question, where, Mark, do they send them to? They can send it via Twitter or Instagram, which is at movie underscore drone, or via email on moviedronepodcast at hotmail.com. Yeah, please keep them coming in. All right, okay, so swiftly moving on. Yes. This is the next section. This is the section that we love to call... Question Question time. time. Question time. Question time. Time for the question. Question time. Question time. Question time, time for the question, question time. Went to stab it with my pen, mate, but the lid weren't on enough, so it just gave. Shall I, I mean, shall I keep the, the, like your frantic yeah, pen stabbing? Do. on that, that was the lid kept going up the pen shaft <laughs> because I didn't push it on enough. Shall I keep it in? Yeah, why yeah. Not? People can know really what happened. <laughs> okay then, mate. So yeah. uh, uh, someone sent in a question. Yeah. Who sent it? What's it about? Emma at the movies. Right. She says... Okay, got a question for you. If you have a free day to binge watch someone's back catalogue, who are you picking on which of their films? A day? Yeah. Well, you probably get one of these. What? A day to just binge watch films. <laughs> I mean, you do. You just choose to fucking spend it when there's no telly. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a true story, I yeah, suppose. She says, I'm going to say choose between five and eight films because five is an amount normal people might do and eight is how many I would. She says she's picking Samuel L. Jackson and it was a close call between him and Nick Cage. Right. Um, but Jackson has the better shark film. <laughs> okay. Um, so she'll be watching Jurassic Park. Great pick. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Deep Blue Sea. Great pick. Incredibles. Forgot he was in that. Mm. Um, Coach Carter. What? 
Snakes on a Plane. Yeah. Kingsman. Right. And Kong Skull Island. Okay. I mean, I've got to be honest. They're probably not the sort of films that I'd probably sit and watch for the day, but I mean, I there's I a, there was a few, a few curveballs yeah, in there from Samuel L. Jackson. I thought they were, you stayed away from some of the bigger ones. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like the Jim's good ones, Jurassic Park, yeah. <laughs> a bit loose. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. <laughs> I, know, I think he was in, he was in it long enough for me. Okay. All right, there we go. Yeah. All right, so what was what we doing in there? Go for it, mate. Okay, um, I've chosen Leonardo DiCaprio. Of course you have. I know. I'm really sorry. It's just like. When you when you read out these films that you got here, I mean, I've, I think I've got ten, and I left some on the on the table. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean, I mean, it's just fantastic films, yeah. and I just I could have gone for I, mean, I could have gone for Nick Cage, yeah, could have gone for Frank Drebin, yeah. But Leo, I think is uh, is one of the best actors I think that we got around. Can't so disagree. I've got, and this is in order of of how I'd like crescendo it up. Mm. A Blood Diamond, yeah. What's Eating Gilbert Grape, mm-hmm. Basketball Diaries, yeah. The Revenant. Yeah. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Gangs of New York. Yeah. Django Unchained. Yeah. Inception. Yeah. The Departed. Yeah. Shutter Island. Yeah. And Wolf of Wall Street. Then Titanic. <laughs> no. No. I didn't Great know Titanic. Films. He has done a lot of good. He films, has done a lot of good films, and like I say, I mean, probably on the heavy side, I would have thought most of those. But I think, like, I mean, if I had a day, I mean, there's some fucking blinding films there, mate. Mm, blinding there films. is. I've gone for six. Right. From mine. I actually went through some of what I'd class as my favourite actors and actresses and was like, um, oh, I haven't actually done loads and loads of really good ones and they're all right. Um, so I actually discounted some, which I thought I'd go for. Then I picked Tom Hanks. Right. And I was like, nah, I'm not doing not doing it. I'm not doing predictable. So I've gone Sheila Berth. Right, okay. Let's forgive every, or not forgive, but let's forget everything that goes on privately. Right. Um, but I've gone for Disturbia. Okay. Um, I sort of think I've worked his way through the ages here as well. Original Transformers. I think you got to like that film. I mean, there's some reasons, yeah. 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 Yep. Lawless. Yeah. Fucking oh, yeah. great Brilliant, film. yeah, yeah. Onto Fury. Okay. American Honey and Peanut Butter Falcon. Okay. He's got a strong old list there. It's all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a few. I mean, a lot of people like Sam Rockwell, and I'm surprised he didn't choose. He was, was on the one? list, mate. He was on was the list. I, okay. I just didn't want to go super predictable. Okay. I wanted to go a little bit sideways. Right. We can do this question again, can't we? Yeah, well, I mean, like I say, you could probably have done two or three, couldn't you? Oh, easy. Mm. Perhaps it should have been a better question, is what you're saying. Yeah. Should have picked two or three actors and actors. <laughs> if you're saying that, Steve, <laughs> I'm not putting words in your mouth, but that's what it sounds like you were saying. <laughs> I'm just saying... You could probably elongate the question yeah. and do two or three. Yeah. But however, um, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, looking at that list now of mine, uh, that's, that's quite a list. Yeah. Quite a list. Well, I'll say people can join in. Take the ones we didn't take. Tell us who you would watch and what you'd watch. Yeah. Okay. Right. Moving on. Yes. So, okay, the reason that we're here. Yeah. We've got a guest. A mystic being. <laughs> I don't know why you call him a mystic being, but I'm sure we'll find out in a second. Yeah. Who's joined us? We've got... LJ Human, Luke Human, um, has joined us for his podcast that we're popping his cherry. <laughs> okay. Luke, hello. Hello. I am honoured to be here. Ever since hearing you guys on uh, the Movie Journey Pod V Pod. Was that what it was, was, was it? Led me to, yeah, that was what led me to you. Right, okay. I've been an, an avid fan, right. shall we say. You know that um, Mark's <laughs> on that again soon, don't you? I, I cannot wait. Uh, can you not? Uh, I mean, I can't I'm wait. Ex- I'm expecting... Uh, Terrific. An absolute 
stormer yeah. of a battle. Have you um, there, so yes. have you listened to the last couple of episodes of, of the Pod V Pods? Have you seen the rules and now and now? Yeah, I've had the last two extremely complicated rules, <laughs> extremely difficult questions. So I've, I've got the rules Mark's printed gonna out. Have absolutely no problem. <laughs> I've no idea. Okay, Luke. So uh, thank you very much anyway for listening. I mean, it's um it's nice to meet someone who does listen. Um, we you, we have great interactions with you. You're great on Twitter. Um, you're a funny guy, and I just want to know a little bit about you. So, uh, why film? What 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 do you love about film so much? Well, I've an absolutely no formal education in film. I was of the generation that sort of didn't have the opportunity to do film studies um, quite as much as is about now. But I was of the generation for the birth of VHS, and then after that, DVD. So I would sit there with my fifteen or twenty. VHSs of Predator, Aliens, Running Man, Kickboxer, those sort of things, and watch them over and over again, and then be videoing things off the televisions in there. Um, and it has just sort of spiraled from there. I've gone through phases where I've been to the cinema a lot. I've gone through phases when I've not been able to go to cinema. Um, but now, I guess, is a kind of a boom time for you know cinephiles with all the streaming services. And I think Twitter has really really provided an outlet for people to sort of share what they think about film, which wasn't available before. Mm. So I will watch anything, any genre um, and any quality. And I will, you know, hopefully like you guys be sort of honest and make my own mind up about things. I think what you do is actually a pretty, you know, brave and valuable thing. I have heard you uh, give some takes on movies that are against the popular thought which i really really appreciate and sometimes i agree sometimes i don't but i think that's exactly what it's all about i think so as well and you're mm. one of the only people that we've probably ever met that uh, that knows ravenous oh such an amazing film. i can't even remember now when i stumbled across it but i stumbled across it i had a dvd copy that i picked up from somewhere and i watched it dozens and dozens of time and i still revisit it at least once a year it's 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 a really special film to me it's you know in my top 10 of all time and i can't really even say why i like it so much but it's sort of heartening to hear that there are other people and i know there's plenty um, around there who actually really appreciate it so it's it was great to hear you guys mention it yeah it was a Do great you know, homework wasn't it painful it was when I had to tell you how great it was because you kept telling me how brilliant this yeah. film was and I've got to watch it. Yeah. Got it set and I was convinced I was going to hate it yeah. and I had to come with my tail between my legs. You and did. You did. Power of homework, yeah. that was, yeah. I mean, it's gone downhill since, hasn't it, homework? There you go. Yeah. I'm not doing so well. So uh, you chose the film for this episode. I did. Um, got to be honest, yeah. uh, didn't really know a lot about it. I've um, seen it around a lot. Have you? I thought it was a romance Right, got to be okay. honest. So yeah. uh, uh, it's a surprise to me. But uh, yeah, you did choose a film. Um, just quickly before we get on to it, it's no secret. Uh, we said that we were going to do The Summer of Sam, yeah. didn't we? So why The Summer of Sam, Luke? Well, it's, it's been a favourite of mine for a long time, and I think it's relatively underseen. Um, but since the popularity of Black Klansman and The Five Bloods, I think Spike Lee has never, he's never been as mainstream popular as probably he is now. And he's got a massive back catalogue of what I think is sort of fairly varying quality. Um, but this is one I really like. And what I like about it is it is a really blended film, a blended genre film. It sort of spans several different genres um, whilst you know, not really putting its foot firmly in any of them. And that's what I think makes it interesting to watch, whether, you know, you like it or not. I think it's certainly an interesting one to see and to talk about. 
Um, I think it's one of the great New York movies. I think it's up there with sort of Mean Streets and Taxi Driver. And I think the poster and the marketing for it, I think a lot of people have been misled and maybe either avoided it or expected something different when they watched it and therefore might have been disappointed with it. But I think it really sort of deserves to be talked about and deserves people to either revisit it or watch it if they haven't. Okay, so Should we do just that. Then? Let's do the numbers. Yeah, Mark, we all saw a film. <laughs> we did. So we watched a film. It's currently six point seven out of ten on IMDb. It's an eighteen two hours twenty two minutes long. Bill is a crime drama romance with a synopsis of Spike Lee's take on the son of Sam murders in New York City during the summer of nineteen seventy seven, centering on the residents of an Italian American northeast Bronx neighborhood who live in fear and distrust of one another. $22 million budget, grossing $19 million. This is starring John Leguizamo, Adrian Brody, Mia Sorvino, Jennifer Esposito and Anthony Lapaglia. And as discussed, it was 1999's Summer of Sam. Did Luke bring a clip? Yeah. There was something in the air. You're doing so great tonight, baby. Ah, because you're beautiful. New York City, 1977. Is that Richie? What's happening, guys? You come back to the neighborhood looking like a freak. You're supposed to be okay with it? A time of endless possibilities. You want to be my dog? A naughty girl. And serial hysteria. Tell the homicide. Police received a letter from the 44 caliber killer, calling himself the son of Sam. What would happen? I just saw the body. I am the monster. Beelzebub. <laughs> In one hot summer. He's a victim six and seven. In one neighborhood. Vinny saw the dead bodies last night. Saw the bodies? Between friends and lovers. The son of Sam Killer, who has been targeting young women, has caused panic-stricken brunettes to dye their hair blonde. I feel like I'm cheating on you with you. Anyone is a target. I think he's after me. I'm going to be number eight. You know, I'd lay five to one to kill us from right here. There we go. So I forgot to tell you, Luke, didn't we? With our new toy, you actually get to listen to a bit of the film as well. So there you go. Outstanding. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So... We um, I believe that you are a, quite a bit of a Spike Lee fan, um, but we're going to go to Mark now. So, Mark, what did you think of 1999's Summer of Sam? Bit of a weird experience for me, this one, mate. All right. I'll be honest with you. I watched it a few days ago. Mm-hmm. So I sat down and was like, get this done. Mrs. weren't that interested. She was on her Kindle and doing bits. And I finished what do you think? And I was like, yeah, it was all right. All right. And every day it has grown on me a little bit more and a little bit more. And I'm looking back at it now and thinking how much I actually like it. Right. So I've gone from lukewarm, lukewarm, <laughs> um, to Luke hot. I've, honestly, I've just thought it was. I've, I've, I want to watch it again. Okay. It, it's just growing. Okay. Um, just before you go, Luke, um, I'm going to just mention my opening bit. So, obviously, uh, it's based on a real killer, wasn't mm-hmm. it? So, David Berkowitz called himself the Summer Sam, which apparently was a demon he believed lived in the Black Labrador owned by his neighbour. Mm-hmm. So, that explains a little bit, doesn't yeah. it? A little bit about the film. It's nice to have that bit of backup because there's some weird bits later on. Um, I thought it was a romance for some reason. Then read it was about a serial killer and then realised it's not really about that. And I struggled a little bit with what it was actually about. Okay. Uh, I've got to be honest. But then I realised it was a bit like the films that I do like, a bit like American Honey, mm-hmm. uh, American Graffiti. Uh, and I just want to know, really, if I've missed the main plot points entirely or if it was actually uh, about the things that I thought it was about in the end. Because I think it's quite complex. Mm. Um, and it'd be interesting to know from someone who's seen it a few more times than me. So, Luke, over to you. What's it all about? I think you've hit the nail on the head there. It- 
in some ways, it's not really about anything. I think it's more of a, a snapshot of a place and a time. I mean, it's obviously a period piece set in 1977, um, and it really uses the the summer of uh, son of Sam killings as a backdrop for uh, what I think is really a story about misogyny and about changing cultures in the US and especially in New York. Um, and it is, I think, at, at its heart, it's a relationship drama between the two principals, between um, Vinny and uh, Deanna. Um, and I think that that is part of the problem with the first watch on this one, that if you go in and you're not quite sure what's going on, your expectations are a little bit toyed with and not in a great way. Um, whereas once you've seen it or if you sort of head into it as a, as a character piece, then I think actually there's a lot more you can get out of it. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the experience that I did have. That does make a lot of sense. I still, to this point, am just sort of struggling as to what the, I mean, who the, the, the main characters or the characters are supposed to focus on and what parts of their stories I was supposed to focus on. But uh, as I said, uh, or as Mark said, yeah, it has grown on me a bit as well. Mm. I think that there is a lot more. I mean, it's like a Spike Lee film. I mean, Do the Right Thing was one of my favourite ones um, when I watched that sort of for the first time. Um, I probably liked that first time watch a little bit more than this, but that's actually gone down a bit um, since I watched it. Just nice to see a bit of Spike Lee before he got a bit too political, wasn't it? I really enjoyed yeah. that. I absolutely think you're right there with Do the Right Thing. I think Do the Right Thing, because it has sort of a, a narrative drive to a crescendo um, with the sort of riot and the, the mm. death at the end, um, I think that is a bit more easily digestible than this one is and i think that this one is a lot more messy in some ways um but i think if thinking about it and re-watching it there's actually more to get out of it um, and i'm like you i i think do the right thing as goes down slightly on re-watches so I, I really enjoy i thought first 20 minutes mm. i thought this is so clever right. um because i really like the way all the characters tied in to the story because, they, I mean, you even had the guy killing and then you had him driving past and it was sort of bringing all these characters in and out. And although it felt like you had three different storylines, they were intermingling them really well. Mm -hmm. um, and then I felt it, it just lost it after that initial thing and then they all tended to go separately. Yeah. But for me, I really bonded with Vinnie and Richie. The film, for me, I cared about Vinnie and Richie. Didn't much care about anyone else. I thought right. they was all sort of side pieces. I thought those two characters, it's not often you, I come away from, I can't remember people's names I meet. It's not often I come away remembering characters' names from a film. Um, Vinny and Richie, I just thought they were both really strong characters. I mean, John Leguizamo, I think that was almost a perfect performance to me. I think he was absolutely stunning. Right. I liked the performance. I just thought the character... I would have to watch it again. I thought the character just was a little bit... The writing of the character confused me because he was having his epiphany, um, saying that he'd be the best husband or whatever, and then we didn't see him, and then the next shot, he was with another woman. And I, I thought like I was missing bits of his character or a story that mm. would explain his character more, and it, it just seemed like it was just a bit over the place, and it's probably just my my first watch or the thought. 
I think that is exactly Vinny's character. I think that he's all over the place right. as well. He one mm. one minute he's determined to be faithful to Diana. He's, you know, I think he says at one point, "Oh, I thought if I got married, I'd stop cheating, but mm. now I'm cheating more than ever." Um, things he's he's pretty detestable, I think, in a lot of it. Um, but I think he goes from sort of really wanting to help people. I think more, some of the best scenes with him, um, are like Mark was saying, with him and Richie together are excellent. You can see there's a real sort of bond and a, a genuine sort of friendship and like between them. But then Vinny will go and do something awful and just show that he's got no real character and that he's he's driven by his desires and then he's, he's absolutely ridden with this Catholic guilt, which sort of overrides his um, senses many times. Yeah, it's weird that I think that you need to have watched the whole film to then understand that on the second watch and get more out of it. I yeah. think that's going to be what's happened, I think. Well, this is where I think it has worked through because now you sort of go through it semi not getting everything. and it, yeah. it all, I wouldn't say it feels like a mess when you get to the end, but well, you feels just feel like, a bit conflicted. It, when you're looking at it from a critical eye, and we've said that this is a bit of a problem, obviously doing the podcast, that we've probably enjoyed films less on the first watch because we've been more critical and mm. trying to write notes about it or whatever. Um, I think looking at it from a critical point, I was looking there thinking, oh, the editing's rubbish or this this mm. cut's too mad or they've cut out too much of, of what happened in between. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the way that I was looking at it first time. And in theory, when you're looking at a Spike Lee film probably from this age, you, you, it's completely the wrong way. You need, yeah. to, need to shut off. And, and look I just at it, had to digest it, I think. Mm. I just think I had to think about it over the few days and just let it all sink in, and it made a lot more sense. I mean, what did everyone think of the characters? Obviously, I mean, there's some stereotypes in here, aren't there? Mm. The stereotypical uh, yeah. wise guys. I, I mean, I did find them funny. I don't know what you thought. What was your favourite characters? What did you think about the characters, Luke? I mean, I, I absolutely love Richie. I think he, he's, he's certainly the most likeable character. I think Adrian Brody does a fantastic job this was obviously pre his oscar um win for the pianist but i, I think he's really good there. i think he's really sensitive and i think you're able to buy into it when you see the various sides of his life and the things that he does um in the club and the things that he does to earn money but then also his relationship with ruby i think is really tender so i, th I think richie's really really fantastic in this mm. not bobby the fairy then no <laughs> I mean, there are there are some obviously <laughs> dubious uh, dubious sort of stereotypes and phrases and that in this for, yeah. of its age. I mean, it's of its age, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, of course. I like the way that the gangsters and the mafia sort of thing come across as small time. I mean, very much so. They yeah. are I mean, very. You mentioned gangsters. I mean, yeah, wise I mean, guys I've got. Yeah, wise guys. Um, I mean, some. Yeah, they're, they're just hoods, aren't they? Street hoods, really. Yeah, but I mean, you got their head honcho, haven't you? Um, who sort of comes in and he's sitting there trying to call the shots. But even he didn't quite have the presence of some of these other films. But I was fine with that because it didn't take over the story because it's not a gangster flick. Mm. And I think if you put them too prominent within the story, it goes away from, I mean, it's crime, drama, romance, so it has got a bit in there, mm. but it's not a gangster flick. So we don't need them too much, but it's nice to have them on the periphery just doing their little bits and pieces. Well, I think the, the, the main characters are so complex that I don't think that you needed complex side characters. No. So I was happy for them to be fairly comical, a little bit annoying sometimes with the uh, the accents, etc. But I found that if you'd had more complex characters other than sort of um, Vinnie Ritchie and uh, Mia, sort of, what's, uh, well, I've forgotten her name. Diana. Diana. Diana, yeah. Um, if you'd had 
more complex characters other than those, I think it would have bogged itself down. Mm. Um, but like I say, I mean, I, I, I mean, I really enjoyed you, right, Richie? I thought was pretty good. Um, I don't know what about the accent. What was the accent that he was doing at the start? Oh, he was trying Australian, to do British, British, Australian <laughs> accent. Yeah, he was trying to do British, wasn't he? But it was most definitely Australian. Yeah. What did you think about Diona? Because I think Mira Savino puts an absolutely great performance, and I think her performance as Diona is one of the more subtle, and I think really gives the film a lot of heart. I liked her. I felt. I mean, I did feel really sorry for her. I mean, the scene that we get. Um, the orgy, I suppose you can mm. call it later on. It's sort of like heartbreaking, sort of uh, watching her having to do that and going through it. Well, the one thing that I did like was her turn when her mm. character turned and became stronger yeah. and actually had had enough. So, yeah, I thought that, uh, I thought she, she, I mean, she was a really good performance. I thought she pulled off both really well. I think we had that vulnerable side of her where she was almost begging the ex-girlfriend to reveal what he liked to try yeah. and be a better wife because she felt she was failing. Mm. rather than he was just the dick mm. who was going out doing what he liked because she knew he was cheating she knew but she still wanted she felt like she was failing she wanted to be a better wife and then the moment it sort of sinked into her head and she went off i was actually scared for him because she just went cold mm. um i thought it was great performance yeah, and I, I really like the the way that sort of their relationship ends, and you don't see a resolution to it. And I think I think that's really really fitting for her character to have like gone through that journey. I mean, she probably has the greatest arc in terms of her character, I would say, in it coming out, and you you sort of know that she's now got to a stage where she's almost certainly not going to go back to Vinny. Um, and I think she played that beautifully. And like I said, yeah, that, that scene where they stopped the car after coming back from Plato's retreat, um, she is absolutely phenomenal in that. And I, I, I think that's probably a standout moment of the movie. Yeah, apparently there's a bit of improv in there as well. The, um, Spike Lee had told John Leguizamo to spit in her face and she didn't know it was coming. Oh, really? Um, yeah, he sort of prompted her to get her, him to do it. And then when it happened and she sort of, her reaction is to get it as spot on like if right. someone did spit in your face you Lovely. Be I mean I got the impression that there's a lot of ad-libbing going on in this film apparently John Leguizamo was doing a lot of it yeah there was lots and lots of it that he undertook that stayed in the film well, it, it made it feel so real mm. I gotta be honest it did not for once for me felt written feel that it was written when he chucked the coffee at, um I can't remember in the, the Gloria Gloria, Gloria the, yeah chucked the, the coffee sound, at Gloria yeah. that was ad-libbed was it um, so I thought there was some great bits in there. Yeah. Um, one thing I'd like to discuss, I mean, you've covered it slightly, um, is the sexual exploration right. storyline. Yeah. Do you think it was there just to sex it up a bit? I know we needed a reason to almost split the sort of um, Diana and Vinny up, but do you think it need? Do you think it was just to add a little bit of Shazam to it and a little bit of sex? Um, I don't think so. I think it was needed for Diana's storyline mm -hmm. and her character development mm -hmm. he needed something shocking for her to actually come to her senses as to how different she was from from Vinny, i think yeah but there's a, a lot of weird sort of sexual things that go on on this i mean obviously adrian brody's dancing and things like mm. that came out of the blue for me uh, i never once expected that that was going to happen in that scene um it was quite uh I, yeah just didn't really didn't really see that coming at all um, so so there's a lot of you think he's just tried to make a sexy movie, or well, this is this is half the thing, um, because it had obviously so much about it, had so many different uh, sort of, uh, say, sexual storylines and sub storylines. 
I was wondering what ultimately it was about, mm. whether it was about love and sex, whether it was about the killer, etc. So this is what I mean. It was it was a bit more complex than I thought it was going to be, and that's maybe why I struggled a little bit with some of it. I, I think there's definitely a lot about sex, and I think if you look at um, sort of Vinny's motivations. Um, and to a lesser point, Diana's, you know, and especially that orgy scene at Plato's retreat, that is Vinny's desires sort of actually meeting with his life and his um, guilt and his, you know, religious beliefs. And it's that sort of crash of those things that actually sort of prompts him to look at himself and look at Diana and realise, you know, that actually he is not happy with the situation at all and then diana has absolutely no other option but to sort of call him out on it and i think i think that's that's a huge part of the what the film's about and i think him richie as well the acts that he does at the club and uh, he's selling sex he is and he i think he comes out with a line doesn't he? he says what about people do things that they want to do or that they think they shouldn't do, but still want to do. Um, and I think it's very much about sort of that sort of desire and that being yourself and either resisting your desires as Vinny is desperate to do or giving into them and, you know, being true to your desires like Richie does. Yeah. It's just really weird that it was obviously set against the story of the serial killer. We're 23 minutes into a chat about the f- a film ultimately about a serial yeah. killer. Got a bit weird when we did start to spend more time with um, the son of Sam. Yeah. Um, he was definitely a weirdo, wasn't yeah. he? I mean, obviously didn't develop him or that storyline too much. It was pretty it's much. Just, it's almost point. like a side story. The killer is the side story of yeah. it, because um, ultimately it's like an insular story of this Italian American community. Yeah, and he just happens to be going around the edge of it. Yeah, I mean, what did you think about that? With I mean, it's obviously true the story about him and the, the Labrador. Do you think they dealt with it well enough? I mean, he talked at no, one point. I've no issue with it. No, okay. No, I, I have no issue with it at all, and I think it it gets compared to Zodiac a lot for this, for actually being set against the serial killer, but actually the film's about something else. Mm. So whereas Zodiac's about um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character becoming obsessed with trying to figure out the clues, this is about, you know, a a group of Italian-Americans in a quite small insular community dealing with their own relationships and things like that. I mean, I, I I really like the scenes with david berkowitz and things like that i thought they were they were shot nicely i think they jarred really well with it i'd be interesting to see if you felt that that sort of added to the story or if it was a bit of a, a hindrance or if it was something you wanted to see more of i, I was happy I, I liked the different filming for when he was on screen so it was all a bit more manic it was a bit more sharper and it almost it, it definitely mixed those genres really well when it sort of changed and swapped it around um, and I like the way that we've got a, a bit of fact underlaying an ultimately fictitious story, mm-hmm. um, but we've got them bits in the background. I, I can't. I liked it because it was subtle. Um, he was there, and even the film it's called Summer of Sam. It's not called Son of Sam, mm-hmm. so it's not. They're not saying it's about him. They're just saying it's happening in the summer when Sam was around, and mm-hmm. you, you even have like the heat wave thing and some of the riots and stuff like that. And I think they've been very, or Spike Lee's been very clever about just teasing a little bit and putting enough in without 
concentrating too much on it that it makes it about them. Right, okay. I mean, do you not think it would have benefited from maybe a little bit less of him, i.e. the odd fleeting glimpse and the odd news story and stuff like that and develop a bit more of the paranoia, something that you couldn't see? Do you reckon it took a bit much away from... Because the paranoia, I think, is mentioned in the synopsis as well, isn't it? And yeah. uh, I felt like that was like a... I felt like the, the paranoia was like another character that sort of like kept coming and going. Yeah. Um, it was at the start and then it just sort of disappeared and everyone was sort of normal again. And at the end, uh, with the wise guys trying to uh, solve the case and them getting paranoid about Richie, etc., uh, I don't know. I, I don't know whether it would have benefited from seeing less of him. Do, I mean, we had a talking dog at one point. Yeah. Um, I, I, th- I think that bought into his madness because it was through one of his aggressively sort of edited and filmed scenes. Mm. And I think you can argue with a lot of it, like Richie's storyline with him becoming the punk and the outcast and something different, that I think he, they've been, or Spike Lee's been very clever using these little subtle storylines. Mm that sort of dipped in and out, that just added to it. Okay. I've, I've honestly got no issue with it. Okay. And Luke, you thought it was uh, in the right sort of balance? Yeah, I did. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I'm a horror fan as well as you guys, and I really enjoyed the bits where you saw the actual killings. I thought they were handled really well, actually. Um, I especially like the one where the girl gets um, shot. She's holding the book above her face. I thought that's some really striking images there. Um, the talking dog, I'm undecided on yet um i watched it again obviously um, because i knew i was gonna be talking to your guys and it is so close to being comical that Mm. it it might just about get away with it um but no i i I thought it was good i thought i agree completely what you say about the paranoia and i would have liked to see that maybe brought to the fore a bit more i think if, if he'd have produced a film about the paranoia surrounding the son of Sam killings, I think that would have been great. But he obviously decided to go in a slightly different direction, which I I, I enjoy as well. Yeah, I mean, the the wise guys sort of investigating erred on the side of comedy, didn't it? Mm. It just got that that point where it was like, it's just getting a little bit comical here because these people are fucking idiots. Yeah, I mean, there was some ridiculousness in it. I mean, there was also some weird sort of... There was this racial... Back tone as well, where we had, and I thought it was actually quite funny that the interviewer got called out by the the black people as well, because he was obviously black. He's he's there reporting on the riots. Spike Lee, was that actually Spike Lee doing it? Yeah. But is he really? Yes. He's changed, hasn't he? <laughs> he's not. He looks like in the pictures. <laughs> but the way he gets called out, and yeah. they turning around saying, "You don't even like black people." Yeah. I mean, he's obviously a very clever man at trying to. Uh, attacking them sort of subjects sensitively but head-on as well well i mean to, to be truthfully honest with the um the score and the tone shift with the riots and all that mm. it never felt more like a spike lee film yeah. than at that point for me yeah that, that's roughly that's what i remember sort of the early spike lee films being and obviously sort of like more as he's gone through See, I think, i'm not sure whether my first one or first my first introduction to spike lee was black clansman right okay you've missed quite a bit then yeah Interesting. Mm. Yeah, so uh, Joey T and the gang solving the case. I mean, obviously, we come up to the sort of crescendo. Into, just to mention, mm-hmm. the sets and all that were great as well, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Very American graffiti. Oh, I yeah. love this. Yeah, I love the 70s sets in America. Uh, do you think they was all spot on? 
Definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. I think I think as a period piece, I think it's fantastic. I love the um, the costumes were great. Vinny in his suit, that's almost a nod to um, John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. Um, all those bits are great. I love the bits that set in uh, the Bronx. Um, I was more than happy where they have the big uh, street party when they have the blackouts. I thought that all looked great. So yeah, I was I was more than happy, and that's one of the things that I really really like about it i think it's true to its period and you know we haven't really touched it much but the the amount of music in this film the amount of needle drops is absolutely insane yeah i will forgive them forever well, i mean soundtrack was great when it's I mean, not often i forgive people Vinny's dancing was a thing of beauty wasn't it i can pull yeah. off some of them moves mate <laughs> i love a little arm shuffle yeah. so uh i mean we're moving on towards the end of uh the film we mentioned uh, joey t and the gang attempting to solve the case yeah, I mean, it's uh, it got. I mean, it got a bit violent at the end. Mm. Um, I did feel for Richie's character. I, I felt that it was slightly less impactful because of the comedic build-up okay. with the, with Joey T and the gang and the wise guys trying to solve it, etc. I, I felt like it didn't have as much impact. Not 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 too bad, but just because it got a little bit comical towards the end, talking okay. dog, um, and then. Yeah, you you also get a shot of them, don't you? There, they've got a, um, a sort of a mug shot on a newspaper of the um, some son of Sam, and what they do is they sort of draw spiked hair on it yeah. um, to to make it look like Richie. And yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think you know that's that's close to being a, a little bit ridiculous. And I would have liked it if they'd have come to a more sort of gradual conclusion, um, using sort of some of the stuff that Vinny would bring to them and stuff, which I thought was okay. But yeah, I I can see why I think that. But I. I really, I really like the end where he gets betrayed and then just as Vinny has uh, sort of enticed him out of his house, he's sort of saying under his breath, he's saying, run, run. And, you know, he's got a last minute change of heart, mm. and, but it's too late by then. Yeah, I do like um, Mike Starr coming out of Eddie in his underpants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, he was obviously some sort of wannabe crooner. Yeah, yeah. Um, but him coming out and actually showing a bit of concern, he, he'd still got his back. mm um, and I just, oh yeah, I really liked it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I haven't got too much more to say about it. But I'd like to know from the pair of you then, being as though, my, I mean, my Spike Lee journey is limited. Okay. You obviously know some of the ones I've done. Yeah. Is this one of his earlier ones? What else am I looking out for that I need to see from this guy? I mean, I think Luke probably knows a little bit more about it. I think that you mentioned a few Spike Lee films, I think. Um, uh, my first one that I saw, I think, was Do the Right Thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what year it was. Before this, I would have thought. Was it before? Not sure. Yeah, so this is 99, isn't it? Do the Right Thing uh, would have been uh, 80s, most certainly. Right. Yep. Um, late, late 80s, I think, mm-hmm. um, for that. He's had a, a few, and a lot of his earlier films were more concerned directly with the experience of the black man in America during yep. that time. Um, and then he sort of changed a bit. So before um, Summer of Sam... Um, Clockers is a really good one to watch. Um, That's another sort of crime drama one. Um, But then he goes in and he made uh, Inside Man. Yeah, you know. Um, I know Inside Man. Man. I didn't realise that was a Spike Lee film. Yeah. And you know he did the remake of Old Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we did... Was it The Five Bloods he's obviously done? I've seen Black Klansman. I'm just trying to work out what other bigger ones from his that I've missed. I mean, there's Malcolm X. Yeah. Uh, he got game. Um, he goes, he sort of tends to flip between doing what seems to be more mainstream films yeah. and then what 
he's obviously slightly more passionate about and has an invested interest in. Um, there's uh, the 25th hour okay. with uh, Ed Norton um, yep. that is set just after the, uh, the 9-11 bombings. Um, and that's well worth looking out for. Perhaps I need to get on the music magpie tomorrow. Start buying some up. It's there you go. Our way through. There you go. So, um, like I say, I haven't got much more to say about it. Do you want to close your uh, your feelings on this one, mate? A great Spike Lee joint. <laughs> You've been waiting to say that You're all night. Yeah, it's right. written down there. Okay. Luke, uh, do you want to close up? Yeah, I do. I do like this one. I um, absolutely think it's frenetic and chaotic, um, but I also think it is a beautiful and hot and sweaty snapshot of a time and a place where there were certain events going on um, that influenced individuals lives who themselves had real tension and real uh, struggles going on themselves so I would say give it a watch give it a rewatch. Um, and it is definitely in terms of Spike Lee's films for me it's right up there as one of the best okay so Scores, mate. Mm. Scores. What you got? 83. Have you? Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Blimey, that's yeah. quite high, isn't Honestly, it? Honestly, every day I've just digested a bit more of the story and I've started realising how many different subtle bits right. that they he's put into it and right. how even the title works so well and all the little bits and pieces, right. soundtrack-wise, just really, really liked it. Blimey. Yeah. There we go. Well done. Luke, what you got? I'm going 91. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Ninety-one. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I've found this one to be really rewatchable. I think the performances in it for me, every time I watch it, just a completely solid. And there's enough good pacing in there with the cutting between the different storylines, and then having the David Berkowitz bits in there, and then having some news footage of some baseball or things to mix up. It, yeah, I, I love it. Ninety-one, no problem. Okay. I mean, I've got seventy-three. Mm-hmm. For a first watch. I mean, fuck me, mate. I'd be happy from a 73 from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's obviously more complex than I thought it was going to be. Um, hence, I don't think I went into it. It's like a, another film that I saw that I mentioned to you recently, didn't I? I won't mention now, just in case we do do something. But I think I just went into it with the wrong mindset. Uh, I, and I, I sometimes need to know that a film is a little bit out there or a little bit complex um, for me to actually um, look at it. So um, 73 for a first watch. I'm pretty sure it'll go up after I actually that. bought a copy of this for, for me to watch right. uh, rather than streaming it or renting it. Right. Um, so I've actually got it just to sit and watch again. So okay. it's going to stay right on top of my pile. It's on Disney+. Plus. Is it? Yeah. Oh, no, I watched it. Yeah. Oh, I haven't got Disney+, Plus, man. Uh, Not middle go. class, am I? <laughs> so uh, we normally do um, also watch Luke. So I don't know if you watched anything else uh, this week. Funnily enough, I've watched a, a fair few things. Okay. Um, yeah, um, I saw Tangerine, which is a 2015 film, um, and it portrays a day in the life of two transsexual sex workers oh. um, in LA on Christmas Eve. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. Absolutely fascinating. Some really interesting performances and a really, a really quite clever look at what is obviously quite a niche subculture of the sex workers. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would recommend that. I would give that one. I give that. Um, that's again is a ninety. I was okay, well impressed. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've heard of that. Um, late phases which is a werewolf movie, um, 2014, um, sort of focuses on a blind uh, Vietnam vet 
and his struggle with, unsurprisingly, werewolves. Um, very good, but some dubious creature design, which I feel lets it down. Um, 71 on that. Told you, doing the werewolf film's hard, mate. I mean, what was that one that you maybe watched? Oh, The Beast Must Die. The Beast Must Die. You need to watch that. That's uh, a classic. (laughs) Isn't it, yeah? Right. With the dog. Right, okay, (laughs) yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, And then Little Children. Really solid um, relationship drama um, with a nice little sort of extra aspect thrown in. um, 82 for me. Okay. Good solid score Good solid score that, mate. We'll see uh, see what I thought of that a bit later on. Yeah. What you watch then, mate? Sat down with the kids, mate. Right. Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> it's on Prime. Is it? They really liked it. I still really like it. Okay. I, is it rele- I suppose it's relevant to them still, isn't it? Super Mario, Mario Brothers. Yeah, they, well, we took them bowling. They played Mario Kart. Right. Sat in the thing. And I was like, have you seen the film? No. So we came back and watched it. Early 60s. Not quite the same, is it? it it's... It, I quite like it as a <laughs> as an easy watching. We right. had a nice little family sort of sit down and watch a film. Can't. Um, I haven't said anything about this one because we didn't know if we was going to use it. We're not. So I've watched Stillwater. Right. That needs a hack, mate. Right. That needs hacking and hacking and hacking. That needs some real, real sort of brave editing. So when we was talking about, or you sent me a message, didn't we? I mean, what we're going to do in the next few weeks. And you yeah. said, are we going to do this or... That Stillwater thing, and I think my reply was, I have absolutely no intention of going to watch Stillwater. Yeah, well, it, it, I'm sure there's a good film in there somewhere. For me, it needs more courtroom, right. but it needs a hack. Yeah, it needs not. a lot of editing. I've only got like late forties on it. Okay. It, it. Abigail Breslin was good. Matt Damon was good. There's nothing wrong with their performances. It's just convoluted and unnecessary in places. Right. Needs a good hack. And then we sat down last night and watched Early Man's. Right, done by Nick Park, so it's very Wallace and Gromity. Right. Actually, quite fun, mate. Was it? I got sixty-four on it. Have you? I, I really enjoyed it. Really right. enjoyed it. Is no, it because you look like the characters? Not far off. Okay, just need that big wide thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> How about you, mate? I've just watched some. I haven't watched that much, but I've watched some documentaries, mate. I watched the one on Elliot Kipchoge. Do you know who he is? Nope. Bloke who did the sub two-hour marathon. You know. Um, makes you feel very inferior yeah. as a runner. Aspiring, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even though I've got a trophy this week, which you'll hear about uh, in the episode uh, when you listen back, Luke. Um, yeah, and everyone will. I, t- I mean, it makes you feel inferior. It's very much a complex thing how they got him underneath two hours. Um, 75 on that one. I watched a thing called Malice at the Palace, which was about a brawl in bar. Didn't realise NBA basketball where they're winning the crowd and that, all the players. Right. Quite good. 78. Lance Armstrong, the lie. Um, 72 on that one yeah. I mean he got away with a lot I don't didn't he? think he's even been to the moon mate if I'm honest <laughs> he's such a dear <laughs> I mean he, he could probably lie about it and get yeah. away with it to be honest uh, and the one about Brian Clough that was good right, 67 okay. and then one film that I did watch Almost Famous oh that great again. film yeah, I've got 82 on that uh, this time watch it's good uh, have you seen that Almost Famous Luke Never, never got all the way through it. Maybe not. Watched, tried to watch it twice. Really? Never, never stuck with it for Blimey. some reason. I think it's the so only. Loads of people love it, um, but no, for me, no, not enough to to keep me interested. I think that's the only uh, success Mark's ever had on homework. So. Uh... <laughs> <You're> <laughs> that's a surprise. <laughs> so uh, there we go. Well, thank you very much, Luke, for joining us. Hope you've enjoyed it. Hope it hasn't put you off um, seeing Mark in the flesh or anything like that. Really pleased to have you on. We'd love for you, to, for you to join us again at some point. It's been an absolute pleasure. I thank you very much, and I hope uh, 
that you know even if i encourage one or two people to give uh summer of sam another look then sort of my my job is done and i you know i really appreciate what you both do and the the effort that it probably takes to sit there staring at each other mm-hmm. every week um so thank you very much also we, we expect to start hearing you on film busters and everyone else now that's what we like to do we like yeah, to start got, the trend and then to be on film busters, aren't you? oh really <laughs> <laughs> yeah we yeah we we we, we cheap and cheerful yeah. right? you know, about, yeah. about this um but no i'm sure pretty much the people people do actually watch some of the films that we do yeah. homework and that we have people that to yeah. follow them and do them so hopefully yeah, we'll absolutely. get it out to um to a few more people because it certainly does need to be watched and i think i'm certainly going to watch it again mm, definitely all right yeah. okay thanks again Brilliant. for your time thank you very much luke no all problem right. thanks very much Jen. Thank so i look forward to hearing the episode next week cheers right. take care Okay, brilliant. That yeah. was great, wasn't it? Nice guy, Luke. He was, yeah, yeah. excellent. So, uh, moving on. Yes, mate. This is the next section. This is the section that we have to call... Homework. There we go. So this is a section where we give each other films that we love and the other one hasn't seen in the hope of uncovering hidden gems. What did I get this week, mate? I gave you a film, mate. It's currently 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, a 15, 2 hours, 17 minutes long build as a drama romance with a synopsis of the lives of two lovelorn spouses from separate marriages, a registered sex offender and a disgraced ex-police officer intersect as they struggle to resist their vulnerabilities and temptations in suburban Massachusetts. Starring Kate Winslet, Jennifer Connolly, and Patrick Wilson, with a twenty-six million dollar budget, grossing fifteen. This was two thousand and six. Little Children. I, I take it that the little children in the title is referring to the adults in the film, because they're quite a childish bunch, aren't they? They yeah. are. <laughs> I, I think it might actually be referring to the end of the film right. when they realise the importance of their lives. Right. Okay. There we go. Um, it's got this weird narrator in it. Mm. Very clinical. Yeah. Do you know what it reminded me of? Someone, uh, an audio book for Mills and Boone. Okay. That's what it reminded me of, a Mills and right. Boone novel. I like this type read. of narration, actually. Do you? Yeah, I do. I think that's what part of it took me to it. Right, okay. I mean, I thought that was a bit too clinical. Um, I mean, I'm, believe it or not, I don't read romantic novels. No? Um, so it didn't obviously grab me straight away uh, with that narration. And yeah, there were some good scenes. Yeah. I've got to be honest. I mean, Kate Winslet, pretty good. I think the acting's pretty good. Yeah. Um, what was the fella? Um, Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson, yeah. I thought he's quite solid. I quite like One him. One of his earlier that. films, actually. Was it? Yeah, yeah I quite like him. As he nearly actor. made my list. Did he? Yeah. And Jennifer Connelly, um, yeah. she's pretty good. So yeah. all of the acting, I didn't think was too bad. The other bloke, was it Jackie Earl Haley? He was Freddy yeah. Krueger, wasn't he, in the remake? Yeah. 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 Does get typecast a bit, doesn't he, in these yeah. sorts of roles? Yeah. <laughs> Something about maybe about the way that he looks, unfortunately. Um, I mean, it was all going along, not really doing a lot. It's not really my thing, is it? As I said, it's like a Mills and Boom romantic thing. Then it got to the pool emptying scene. Yeah. I thought that was quite good. It gave you, I suppose, a bit of empathy because it hadn't really described what the bloke had done, had it? No. It was only on the periphery that what it was he exposed himself it? to a kid or something yeah, wasn't it yeah. yeah so it was pretty um yeah it was pretty it's sort of like a jarring scene in there but the noise of a thousand children as well yeah. not, not too good yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a bit great in like um 
I think I nailed down a chalkboard. Um, did you play your booby game? Yes. Yeah, you did. Yeah, okay, you've done that. Cool. Yeah. The weird relationship between, um, I don't know his actual character name, the Jackie old Haley character yeah. and his mother mm. was a bit weird. I found that the stories between the three mm. didn't interact as much as the synopsis actually said. Yeah. I thought they ran next to each other mm-hmm. for a lot of it. And they didn't really, they interacted more at the end. Yeah. Um, and I thought there was going to be a bit more. It just didn't seem like they were sort of like coherently together. There was a, a line in it, the beauty is overrated line, mm. I found was a bit weird because it was implying that Kate was less beautiful than Jennifer Connolly. I think that's exactly how it was supposed to be. Was it? Because yeah. I didn't quite get it. I didn't, I, I, if, you, if you look at the two, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I suppose like, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, I but I suppose it, it's not how they are in real life it was how they was perceived for their right. characters wasn't okay. it yeah and then like i say the stories were a bit too much separate could have done with more intertwining the narration was still a problem didn't really grow on me and then we <laughs> we had some another i think i quite liked the weirdo the best because mm. the jerking off scene when he was in the car <laughs> so weird the date, i know it's like i mean why have i never thought of doing that but um, it's like so weird, wasn't it? So yeah. uncomfortable yeah. that he just turned around doing it. And he, he, like I say, he looked like the sort of weirdo that would. It was weird. Kate didn't really like her kid, mm. did she? I didn't get the impression that she was over enamoured about resentment than anything. Was it? Yeah. Okay. And I think her. I think she felt a failure. Right. Okay. I think her husband. I think she felt a failure as a wife and a mother, and was just. This is why she went for the escapism. Yeah. So, like I say, a bit. I mean, a bit of a romance. Um, it starts to unwind at the dinner table. I thought that was good. Jennifer Connolly's got a very emotive face. Mm. Um, I thought yeah. that was pretty good. Um, the way that she did that when she brought the mother-in-law in, I thought that yeah. was pretty good to stop their uh, shenanigans. About the scene when uh, Kate Winslet's husband gets interrupted. <laughs> yeah. I say? Mean, <laughs> I mean, uncomfortable. Yeah. Again, it is full of a few so uncomfortable scenes. Yeah. I mean. Not something that I'd probably do, no. if I'm honest. No. You sure? Well, I mean, get caught. Get caught. <laughs> you can hear footsteps from that <laughs> 200 yards. But yeah, no, I mean, it is full of uncomfortable scenes. I can't imagine. It's just weird, these, some of these scenes being written in. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I thought. It just had an edge on something like I mean, I'm, I'm not really into this sort of romance, sort of like, are, are these sort of things in Mills and Boone? I don't know. These sort mate. of things. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be interesting to find yeah. out, wouldn't it? I don't. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and then obviously towards the end it seemed to focus. This is where the other story came in. So it focused on the weirdo after his mum, mm. uh, the bully uh, causes his mum to have the heart attack or whatever. Yeah. And then it sort of switches focus onto there. I, I don't know if it did mix the stories enough for me to be interested enough because I suppose if it did, it would be like a, not, I mean, loosely like a Tarantino sort of movie where yeah, it all yeah. ends in that. And it's very interesting, isn't it, to see the way that mm. they all do it. I don't think there's the idea behind this was written well enough. I think the ending was too frantic. They brought it together too frantic, which didn't allow it to intersect. Yeah. But now, I've got a little bit of an issue with the ending. Yeah. Just the fact that, like, after obviously after all of this, leaving your wife, yeah. doing her in the note and all that, would you stop and do skateboarding no. with a load of kids? No. Now, this is really weird. So, apparently, this is based on a thing called a book, whatever right. that is. Okay. Um, but the but it's got a much more stylized ending. Okay. Now I'd like to know what how the book ends. Yeah. Because I can't imagine that someone would have written this. I can understand her trauma in that she felt like she had this big thing the kid went missing. Actually, she yeah thought, yeah that oh, bit of it yeah. I think her one turned it around, but his one 
I mean, I've now got to explain to the wife why I'm laying here on the pavement <laughs> with a case with all of my stuff in. <laughs> I'll turn the scale. But why would you, you... You're running away with someone that obviously you think that you're in love with and you've been having this affair with and she's sort of like waiting and you you just stop and do skateboarding with a it load of kids. It is a bit strange, I must admit. I, I really enjoyed the film and then when it got to that point, I was like... I understand they was going for a realisation moment where everyone puts things in perspective and actually your life's not so bad. You can go back to your jerking off husband. You can go back to your wife who ignores you or whatever. But yeah, it was the fact that he'd stopped to go skateboarding. Yeah. and I then suppose, I suppose it's, did he find a bit of freedom and he's like, oh, I'm free now, I can do this. Kind but of it, it's so far-fetched yeah. that that would happen. And then uh, obviously you get the shock final scene, yeah, which was a bit, uh, a bit rough as well, wasn't yeah. it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. so... I won't mention what it is. Not very nice, but um, but yeah, I, I've got to be honest. I struggled to see the point. Okay, I did. I I, did, I struggled to see the point of having all these different characters and stories together. Yeah, I don't think that there was any. Uh, they didn't gel. There was no real coalition between one and the other. There's four people. Two of them had some reason to be in the same scenes. Yeah. Another two had the reason to be in the same scenes, but not all four. Okay. No, I do understand. I actually would like to read the book of this to find out how they better do Yeah. That. Okay. I mean, I've got 51. Okay. Um, I've got some interesting scenes, but ultimately for nothing. Mm-hmm. However, it, it was fairly well acted. Yeah. I, I didn't begrudge watching it. It wasn't one that I was desperate to turn off. Yeah. So above average. Okay. Uh, yeah, just didn't sort Literally of Literally like, above we average. It didn't do what it said on the tin. Yeah. No, oh. I can understand it, mate. Okay, mate. All right. So I gave you a 2010 film directed by the Coens, starring Hayley Steinfeld, Jeff Bridges, Matt Damon, Josh Brolin and Barry Pepper. Running time of 110 minutes, budget of $38 million, $252 million taken at the box office, 7.6 on IMDb, 95 5% on Rotten Tomatoes, with a synopsis of a stubborn teenager enlists the help of a tough US Marshal to track down her father's murderer. I gave you the remake, 2010's True Grit. Mm. Put a bit of effort into this review, mate. Right. Use some big words as well. Have you? Yeah. Great cast, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually really like the pacing of this one. I find some Coen Brothers ones can be a little bit slow-paced. Right. And they, I mean, they, they're good at building an atmosphere but sometimes I just think oh, I'll just get on with it but I actually enjoyed the pace of this do you think it helped that they had the blueprint of the original to work with possibly but yeah. I mean I don't know much about it I'll get onto that shortly but yeah possibly I suppose they had to keep some sort of template there yeah. um, but I thought it all bedded in really well the story it just sort of hit the ground running it was straight in we didn't have to spend too much time just hanging about for waiting for something to happen uh, I thought Haley Steinfeld was really good as the girl. Um, not as good as in Pitch Perfect 3, but she was really good. Um, her character was annoying, right. but tenacious, and I thought it was all in the right levels. Right. Okay. I thought they gave her the amount, right amount of annoyingness, but tenaciousness that yeah, she actually that. sort of... She worked mm-hmm. because she, she was a young girl trying to get through to these men who wouldn't listen to a young girl, mm-hmm. so I thought it was needed. Loved both Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon and their characters. How um, well good was Jeff Bridges? I just thought that, like I say, I thought their development of the characters was really good, and I thought it was really clever how they intersected between them, between very unlikable but likable. Um, I mean, I love the fact that you could barely understand what Jeff Bridges. Was Cassie went, "I can't watch this. I can't understand him." And I was like, "That's kind of the point." Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I just, I just can't make head nor tail of it. Right. Um, and I was getting most of it. Yeah. But 
but he, you had to concentrate, yeah. uh, which made you sort of watch the film a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved it. It's my favourite performance um, of his. But I thought they used like the like likableness and the unlikableness in different measures and at different points. Mm. And it sort of flicked in between who you actually liked and didn't like because you was thinking, what an arsehole. It's nice to see Matt Damon doing something where you fucking hate him, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not used to it, really, he are you? He wasn't arrogant. Like Departed, I suppose. Yeah, but even, even in Departed, you're sort of led up a bit of a garden path. Yeah. And in this one, yeah. he was instantly dislikable. Mm. And when he got tied up and shot, he was mm. like, yeah, fucking have it, you bellin. I know they are following a template, but I think I would have liked a bit more of Cheney. Um, oh. with Josh Brolin and I know it was a shoot movie but I think they could have appeared a bit earlier for me oh. I think I'd like to have seen glimpses of it finding out what they was up to I think some of the set pieces were great and some of the scenes were pretty brutal and I think they set it so well through getting over that no one much cared about each other and it was like conscience had yet to be invented <laughs> it's like they no. just didn't give a fuck no. like they'd quite happily do anything I mean, even the horse, like, he basically was tired, so they shot it. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be put down now. Yeah, I know. I mean, this is what I put, I think think I'd be shot twice a week at the moment. (laughs) Uh, But he he had done, he was just knackered. He weren't, like, having a heart attack, and it weren't broken its leg. It was just, like, shoot it. I mean, having watched the first one originally under a bit of duress from my dad, didn't have much interest, didn't really have any affinity with any of the characters, so it was nice not to have a comparison in this case. And I think they should actually do some more modern westerns, mate. I mean, they, for me, they seem a lot less cliched and stylish. Right. But sort of trying to keep the diction and the language within the times was great. Mm. And it felt it felt more realistic than these the older westerns. Yeah, I'm not yeah. slagging them off. Things have come along. But I, I just can take to these style of westerns. Oh. I think they're really good. Okay. I think for me it's a pleasant surprise. I've had the bluey for about two years, um, and it's just never grabbed me enough to take it off the shelf and watch it. And I feel a little bit silly now because um, oh, I really did like it. Okay. Um, I think my only major issue with it is towards the end of the last act. Right. I don't think the ending gave enough peril or tension right. from the build up, um, and I think they could have given it another ten minutes if I'm honest to really sell it. Mm. Um, I like the little twist with the rattlesnake and stuff. I thought that was good, but. It was definitely solid and enjoyable, mate. Okay. I've got 79. Have you? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's good. Yeah. What do you think about the uh, bit where he throws the stones at the kids? That were, oh, it was brilliant. Okay. Yeah, it was <laughs> that great. That was my favourite bit. Yeah. <laughs> He's just, when he was kicking them off the porch. Yeah. That's it. yeah. Back, when he had just got back on and just come back out and booted him off. <laughs> it was fucking great. That's what he was. And favorite the girl's bit. just sitting on the horse watching what going, what's going on. Yeah. Excellent. Good. Well done, mate. Okay, so what you got for me this week? Got you a film, mate. It's currently 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb. It's a 15, one hour, 55 minutes build as a drama. You're welcome. With a synopsis of a teacher lives a lonely life, all the while struggling over his son's custody. His life slowly gets better as he finds love and receives good news from his son. But his new luck is about to be brutally shattered by an innocent little liar. Starring Mads Mikkelsen, Thomas Bo Larson, and Anika Wedderkop. $3.8 million budget grossing $16 million. This was 2012's The Hunt. Okay. All right. Blimey. Yeah. Never heard of it. No? No. Yeah, mate. Okay. Finding these hidden gems. <laughs> Okie dokie. So I'm giving you a 2013 film directed by Scott Cooper, starring Christian Bale, Woody Harrelson, Casey Affleck, Forrest Whitaker, Willem Dafoe, 
Zoe Saldana and Sam Shepard, running time of 116 minutes, budget of $22 million, taking $15 million at the box office, 6.8 on IMDb, 54% on Rotten Tomatoes, with a synopsis of when Rodney Bayes mysteriously disappears and law enforcement doesn't follow through fast enough, his older brother Russell takes matters into his own hands to find justice. I'm giving you 2013's Out of the Furnace. That's a strong old cast, that. It is, it? yeah, 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 definitely. Right. So let's see what you think of that one, okay. mate. Again, oh. never heard of it, mate. <laughs> I mean, two hidden gems two there, mate. Total surprises. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, right. Okay, then, mate. Enjoyed that. Yeah. So, uh, next week's main, what have we got? Pig. <laughs> That's a bit rude, isn't it? You know what I mean? Pig. Huh? Pig. <laughs> a bit rude. Um, yeah, so we have decided to. Sack what? off Jungle Cruise yeah. and do pig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do a bit of pig. I'm not sure how it's going to go, mate, and it's the old Nicholas <laughs> Cage find out, for you. So, uh, so, it's now out. So, we've uh, we've dragged out too far to do Jungle Cruise we think so we yeah well I just think everyone said everything they want to say about Jungle Cruise yeah. and we can't really add to it so let's no. talk about Pig okay there we go yeah. alright then so do you want to reiterate how people can get us on social media mate yes mate they can get us on Twitter or Instagram which is at movie underscore drone or via email on movie drone podcast at hotmail.com please do there we go so thanks again to Luke for yeah. joining us yeah. and uh, thanks Amazing again to you Luke, the mysterious creature for coming back Mr. Yeah. Stig of the Dump. <laughs> so, there we go. Okay, then, mate. Do you want to say goodbye there, Mark? Goodbye there, Mark. See you later, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Oh, I ordered a new shrub trimmer, mate. <laughs> Don't laugh. It's got Wi-Fi on it. What? It's got Bluetooth. What? All these buttons and stuff. Yeah, it's proper cutting edge technology. Fucking hell, God! <laughs> oh dear! Just wonder who's writing all these. Certainly ain't you. Fourth. <laughs> oh dear. Fucking know what I'm talking about. Fuck that, didn't I?